Good evening, everyone. All right, let's uh, get into this word. Can't do too much of a review for those that are online because we have a lot to get into. You know, as we continue um, uh, with this teaching, please, please, I implore you to take notes. I implore you to be focused. I implore you to not to get distracted while God is talking because the thing is like we, it's not like we don't catch what God is saying. It's just sometimes we don't realize how subtle the enemy is. So different little things distract us. So we we may miss a, a point. We may miss an insight. We may miss a revelation. And then we find ourselves like, man, uh, okay. I understand a little bit, but I don't fully understand. Well, we don't understand that that point was the the the, the bridge to that revelation, and, and and we have to get to a place where, especially going forward, where where we've we we've prepared ourselves. Where as soon as God starts sharing, we are absorbing every ounce of it. Um, and the reason why that is important is because there's nothing that God is saying is. That's not important, if that makes sense. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, uh, like we counsel people sometimes and they'll be like, yeah, so, uh, you know, I just need help with such and such. But uh, but uh, as I was saying, we'll counsel people and um, and they'll be asking us questions. So we're looking at them like, okay, is this a joke? Are they tripping? Because it was just a, it was addressed or was discussed exhaustively. And then, you know, so then I, both of us would be looking about, I'll ask the question. I was like, so were you at such and such service? Like, yeah, I was at the service. I'm like, you know, we talked about all this at the service. But sometimes we're, uh, we're in the building. What's, what's the song? But our mind is on the other side of town. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that one, huh? <laughs> All right, so so uh, we'll start here with our foundational scripture. That's Deuteronomy 11, verse 21. It says that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them. And then it says here, as the days of heaven upon the earth. As the days of heaven upon the earth. And we spent some time talking about heaven and earth, talking about uh, Genesis 1, how the beginning God created heaven and earth, how Adam and Eve was covered with the presence of God, but they decided to eat of the fruit, walk out of the presence of God. Then from that point on, they were making decisions uh, void or with the, with the presence of God or the heaven realm in a blind spot. So uh, they were tempted to cover themselves. And you notice how when we fallen into sin, slipped into sin, messed into sin, we're tempted what? To cover up behind the scenes. And, you know, people try to talk to you, be like, uh, you know, I'm saying, yeah, everybody's trying to be all in my business, you know. Like our, our reflex would be like, all in my, well, you know, I just like to be behind the scene. Oh, you got all these little different reflex actions but really what you're saying is uh i don't want to be exposed right and and men and women of god love exposure because they know that's shining their light and so we gave you genesis 3 where it says that um genesis 3 where when they ate of that fruit of the tree it said that they 
uh, knew good and evil. You know, they were now intimate with with good and evil. Uh, so there were no means to be into it. So they were aware of good and evil. We could just look at Genesis three real quick, just so I'm not dancing around here. And Genesis three. So this is the trickster talking. Uh, verse five. It says, "For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and." And you shall be as gods, knowing, see, good and evil, right? Knowing good and evil, right? It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when they ate, they had an intimate relationship with good and evil. Now, what's the difference here? What's the difference before they ate and after, obviously, to know good and evil? So you, you're saying to yourself, okay, well, now I'm aware of what's evil and what's good. So we've talked about it here at the church before, and we said that before they ate of the tree, it was all good. Evil wasn't a consideration. There wasn't an option. There was nothing to reason. It wasn't like, ah, should I do this or should I do that? No, they were just doing all good things. So before sin, uh, we lived on earth, but we only knew or was intimate with the heaven realm. So before sin, Adam and Eve, were they were living, they were residing on the earth, but their intimacy of what they processed or what they focused on or what they played off was only the heaven realm. It was all good. Remember uh, the glory of God. They were just focused on it. They didn't even know that they were naked, right? So this, is, this was before sin. So after sin, they were tempted to be intimate with Satan's, Satan's affected earth. So after sin, now they're intimate with the earth realm or evil and the heaven realm good. You see what I'm saying? Before sin, I'm in the earth, but all my focus is, is the heaven realm. This is before sin. After sin, I'm in the earth, I'm focused on the heaven realm, but I'm tempted to be focused on the earth realm. Does that make sense? Right, so, 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 so this is, that was the danger of their disobedience. It exposed them to what could tempt them. Before the disobedience, even temptation wasn't an option because the only thing they was focused on was, again, the heaven realm. All right, and then uh, let's look here. I gave you verse 5. Uh, verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise, uh, uh, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. Now they're, they, and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves aprons, covered themselves. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So they heard the word of God. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. So here they heard the, they heard the Lord, they heard the word, but they hid from his presence. Like who would run from the word and God's presence. 
Okay, then the statement, and then God called unto Adam and said unto him, key, key point here, where art thou? Where art thou? And, and, and what God was really saying at this point was, do you recognize the blind spot you created? So, so it's like, where are you? Do you realize what you've just done? Like, you know, because at that, you know, up to that point, they were with God in his presence. Like, we, we, we use God's presence now as an option. When it's supposed to be essential, it's supposed to be, we're supposed to live in his presence, you know, not just visit, right? All right, so then uh, you drop down here. Where art thou? Verse 10. And he said, uh, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So this is interesting because when we get caught up in the sin, we can hear God's word and it, 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 sometimes it convicts us to come back in his presence, but a lot of times it makes us run. You know, people are tempted to run, you know, they're afraid because they realize because that when you hear that word is exposing where you really are, not where you may think you are. Uh, he says, because I was naked, I hid myself. Verse 11. It says, and he said, who told thee thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou should have not eaten? And verse 12 is the key here. It says, and the man said, the woman whom thou gave me to be with, she gave me the <laughs> of the tree and I did eat. It was, yeah, it's like. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he just started start blasting somebody else, making excuses, right? Not taking responsibility. Right? So the first stage is I'm hiding because I don't want to be accountable. Second stage is I'm not going to take responsibility, right? It's the blame game, right? I'm deflecting. Hmm. Huh? You lie. All right, so you're in church. You're in church. You're in church. You're in church. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the Jews, shame the devil. Ain't that one of them lines? I, I probably said it wrong, right? I said it right? Oh, okay. <laughs> look, look, they was like, yeah. You down here with us now. <laughs> That's how you say it. All right, so, all right, all right, so, but look, he said this. He said, after he, he blasted, threw the wife under the bus, he said, she gave me the tree. Look, and I did what? I did eat. So now at this point, at first, his first thing about sin is he tried to cover himself, right? And that's the thing when we're too caught up in the earth realm and not the heaven realm, we try to cover ourselves. But the second thing is he tried to feed himself. And it's something we was talking about on Sunday, so he didn't trust the guarantee of the guarantor for his daily bread. He tried to feed himself. So basically, he, tried to, he started to take thought for what he's going to eat, sleep, or drink, as Matthew 6 said. So after he said, you know... Um, you know, give us this day our daily bread is in the Lord's Prayer, you know, Matthew uh, verse eight, eight, uh, 6, 8 through 10. And then you go down further uh, and start at verse 19. It says, take no thought. <laughs> it says, basically, don't worry. Right? Then it says, take no, he said, take no thought for what you're going to eat and how you're going to sleep. And then he starts to break down. I clothe the flowers, you know, the birds. I take care of them. I'm going to take care of you. Um, that's before he gets to saying, I know you have needed these things in, uh, in Matthew 6.31. He says, uh, I know the Gentiles seek these things, and I know you have needed these things. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added unto us. That's how that uh, chapter ends in verse 33. Right? So, but it all started here when, when, they, when they 
lost sight of the heaven realm and all they saw was the earth realm, again, they, they, they tried to hide. They didn't want accountability, right? They didn't want responsibility. And then they try to cover themselves and feed themselves. It's not our job to cover ourselves. It's God's job. It's not our job to feed ourselves. That's God's job, right? It's our job to yield and believe. It's like he's the healer. He's the provider. We're the believers, right? But we be trying to hustle and provide and, and to get caught up in keeping up like that's our job. No, our job is to believe, right? And so uh, the scripture says in Isaiah 26, 3, that he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And this is one of the scriptures I, I, I've given to players at, at, at every level. Um, you know, some of the guys play pro, put it on their uh, – on their shoes besides 2 Corinthians 3.17 where the spirit of the Lord is liberty because you need liberty and you need to be focused on God to excel in sports, right? right? So this one says he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So why do people uh, uh, have bad games? They get rattled, right? They get into fear, right? They get to focus on themselves, right? They get to looking at the competition. But imagine if your mind is stayed on him. So I used to tell, I used to tell one player, he told me one day, he says, uh, we're still talking about heaven on earth. See, so, I, so he, he, he was, all he saw is the circumstances on earth. He says, uh, he says, it's Minister Bradley then, but he said, Minister Bradley, he says, uh, he says, I don't get it. He said, in practice, I don't miss no passes. You may remember this if you see this video. He says, but, but in the game, it's like I'm hearing footsteps. Now, he didn't tell you it was a private conversation. I said, really? I said, you know, I said, man, you got to, you know, a lot of times you just got to focus on the Lord. I said, don't, don't focus on the circumstances. I said, so, hey, this is what you do. I said, can't nobody see you under your helmet. I said, just be praying, praying the whole time. Praise the Lord. I said, don't count your stats in the game. Oh, that's one catch. Oh, that's two catches. He can hear. He got ears. All right, here's one catch. You got two, you got two catches. You got three catches. You got four catches. I said, don't count your stats. I said, so what's going to happen? It was a prophet. It was a word of knowledge. I said, "You're gonna have the best game of your life if you don't count your stats during the game." I said, "So, so, 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 no matter what," <laughs> I said, "So, no matter what, when you, he did fine. You know what? If you catch a pass, I said, "Don't," I said, "Don't add them up." I said, "Just keep catch a pass. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord." I said, "Just focus on the Lord the whole game. Can't nobody see you under your helmet." And even they do see what they're gonna say. Man, that dude, he tripping. He just keeps saying, "Praise the Lord," <laughs> right? I said. And, and this guy, the, the next game was coming up was was their big rival game. You know, uh, everybody across the world is watching this game. This guy, he had like 10 catches, 100-something yards, something like that. All he did was praise the Lord the whole game. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Now, it's hard to keep your mind stayed on God if you don't believe that he is, if he ain't real to you. If you ain't focused on them, if you spend all your time consuming the world, how are you going to hear or see God? So now if you can't hear or see God, you can't keep your mind stayed on them. You can't keep your mind stayed on them. You won't be in perfect peace. You'll be in perfect fear and perfect chaos. Right. All right. So so that's that, that that's a benefit of heaven and earth. I thought I just slipped that in. But let's go to second uh, Timothy four, second Timothy four. Because what's going to happen when we by the time we get through this this teaching the, the heaven realm, the God realm, and all the hosts, it's going to be real to us. We're going to be living the days of heaven on earth. Because that's the struggle. The struggle is we're living on earth, and 
uh, we'll probably get into more next week, but we're living on earth, but, but we're kingdom people. And, and, and this is the thing. When you're a kingdom person, you got to operate in kingdom principles, right? So if you try to operate in the world principles, but you're a kingdom child, you're a king's kid, like, it's not going to work. So every time you conform to the world, it's like Superman around kryptonite. You're weakened by that much. Like, and you go, but look at them. Like, they look like they're excelling, and we're going to get into that in a second because uh, they're getting a little bit of success. And you're going, so now, but that's temptation. See, that's what Adam and Eve dealt with. Once they were blinded from heaven, they saw what was on the earth, and they, and they was able to see the adversary's offers. Before that, they were just focused on God. So the adversary was just, almost like trying to make noise, like, you know, uh, you play a basketball game, you got people behind the, goal, behind the goal, they waving stuff, talking about your mama, and, and I've sat there cussing you out, threatening your life, and you just got to knock down those shots. You got to keep your rhythm and knock down those shots. You have to pretend that they're not there. You can't see them, right? Soon as you see them, you miss. Soon as you hear them, you miss. Soon as they get in your ear, they get in your head. Soon as they get in your head, they are an option in your thoughts. Right? And that's what happened with Adam and Eve. Before, the adversary wasn't even an option. He couldn't, like, do you think that was the first time he was trying to tempt them to eat? To pull them out of the presence of God? No, that wasn't the first time. He just got Eve's attention. Right? She left the presence of God. He got his attention. Are you, is he getting your attention? Why is he trying to get your attention? Because he knows if your mind stayed on him, you're going to be in perfect peace. You're unstoppable. You're only stoppable if you consider the things that can make you weak. Right? So if, you, if, you, if all you see is the earthly, he got you. He got you. He got you. Because, you know, because uh, the, the heavenly is not a consideration. So let's, uh, 2 Timothy 4. So, so it's, remember we always talk about it's a fight to see. It's a fight to see. So we're going to add as a fight to see the heaven realm. So 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought a good fight and I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So remember last week we talked about keeping those faith lenses on so you can see in the heaven realm. But the adversary is always trying to pull those faith lenses off. See, this is interesting. The faith lenses you see into the heaven realm. So uh, you have a, uh, you know, you go see a 3D movie, they give you glasses, right? And when they give you glasses, things, it's, it's like you're in the movie, right? And so let's say if somebody uh, send you a text or something like that, you really can't see what's on the phone. You got to what? Remove the glasses. But the phone is pulling you away from what? You in the movie. Until the phone rings, you got to leave what you've been seeing to see something else. Well, that's what the adversary tries to do. You got on faith lenses. He, he'll present something hoping you take off your lenses to look at what he's showing you. See, the only way you can see what he's showing you, you got to take off your faith lenses. So, so, so Paul said, look, 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 I, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've kept my, I kept my lenses on. You know, something's trying to pull on me. I, I can't see you. I can't see you. You know how you be ignoring people? I, I, I can't see you. I mean, or like, like, like we be playing with each other at the house. You know, she be saying something like, I, 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 I don't hear you. Or She good at it. She's she, she just like, she, she hit the override button all the time. 
Why are you know like this, that, that? Why are we going upstairs? Well, let's go do something. I said, babe, babe, hold on. I was just talking about, well, uh, you know, they, they, she, this is her thing. Um, you know, the commercial with the little pigs, and they be like, wee, right? So if I really start getting to her, she'd be like, wee, like almost like I'm not talking to her. So. <laughs> So, so what the Lord wants us to do is keep our faithlessness on to be saying, wee, <laughs> no matter what the adversary is saying to us, right? I told all Pastor Mel business. Pastor Mel is something else at the house. Y'all need to, don't let, <laughs> Pastor Keith got the mic though. All right, so, so first, first, first Timothy 6, uh, verse 12. This will make a whole lot of sense. So he just taught. He just said, "I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith." Right? And look, look here. First uh, Corinthians, First Timothy six, verse twelve. First Timothy six, verse twelve. It says, "Fight the good fight of faith." Right? So he's saying, "Faith is the fight to keep my lenses on." Look. Then he said, "Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called unto." Uh, where, where unto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Look, it says lay hold on eternal life. So see in the eternal realm. Second uh, Corinthians four eighteen says, "Don't look on the things that you see for the temporal. Look on the things that you can't see for the eternal." So what he's saying is, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. So when I lay hold on it, I'm locked into it now. So when I'm every everything I see, I'm looking through the lenses of eternity. It's like having your 3D glasses on, right? See, I, I'm seeing it like I'm there. I'm seeing the the heaven realm like I'm there. So he's telling, he's giving us a hint, man. Lay hold on that. You know, we just be thinking the by and by. No, see it now because we're we're praying for what for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about that last week. So lay hold on eternal life. So I'm gonna read this. Let's let's read Second Corinthians five one through eight. It's all going to make a whole lot of sense. I'm going to take my time because we have, we're going to be talking about this other day. So, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 8. Now, we, you're going you're gonna to hear a familiar scripture that they talk about a lot of funerals and stuff like that, but you're going you're gonna to process it in the context in which it was meant. It says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So it's saying right now, whatever happens to our natural man, our mortal body, our corruptible body, we still have a heavenly body. Even as we speak, but see, you can't see it in the earth realm. So we, we so worried about our earthly bodies, we don't do nothing you know, to feed uh, that spirit man, right? All right, so then it says, for in th this we groan, right? Earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. <laughs> it's, it's, so so sometimes you, you, you ever like, are at the best you can be in your natural life, but you still thirsty? This, verse two is what's, what's going on. Or, or everybody around you keeps trying to get you to conform to what they think you're supposed to do in the earth realm. And you're like, I'm just not feeling that. I just not. But they think you're crazy. No, no, no. What it is is you, 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 you have more of a thirst for 
who you are in the spirit realm than who you are in the natural realm. Verse 3, it says, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. It says, for we that are, and I'm, I'm going to explain all this, we that are in this tabernacle do groan, in this earthly body do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. So what it's saying is, we're burdened, not that we want to die, but we're burdened because we know this ain't enough. Sort of like all the places that we've been in, that we've leased, we 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 enjoy we enjoyed them, but we're like, eh, it's not enough, <laughs> right? Because we're believing for more. All right, so as we grow, and not uh, not that we want to be unclothed, but but clothed upon that immortality might be swallowed up of life. So right now, this natural vessel is is. I'm sorry, that, that mortality might be swallowed up with life or immortality. It says, now he that has wrought us for the self-same thing is God, who also has given us this earnest of the spirit. So the spirit is, as we talked about on Sunday, our guarantee that there's more. We have a whole lot more. It says, therefore, we, all, we are always confident knowing that with, how, I guess that's how you say it, we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So anytime we're so comfortable in this natural life, we're not connected to the Lord. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You know, that's, that's, that's the funeral scripture, right? right? But, the, but the scriptures talk about, like, like I'm, I'm okay with being not so caught up or conformed in my natural body because I know when I'm not, I'm in the presence of the Lord. All right, so let's, let's, let's check it. Yeah, let's check it out here in the message. The, mess, the message to break it down for you a little better. It says, for, for instance, we know that, that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade. And we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move. And so we cry out in frustration compared to what's coming. Living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack. And, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing. Ah, peaks in the heavens. This is our true home, our resurrection bodies. The spirit of God whets our appetite, whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. Right? That's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us dropping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in, but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose the few ruts in the road and rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, <laughs> we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. See, so, so, so it's saying that, yeah, you're not supposed to be like, so super content in his life. Actually, that's why everything you get, once you get it, gets old. It gets old quick. After when you're trying to get it, it's like, ooh, I can't wait till I get this. Uh, 
I was studying this out, and uh, another another gentleman was saying, like people get so. Uh, this is next week, but I'll, I'll just tap into a little bit of this week when we start talking about the kingdom of heaven and all that next week. All right, but but what it is is when we conform to the world, then the world starts to tell us this is what's gonna make you happy. This is going to make you happy, and this is going to make you happy, and this is going to make you happy. And then you just keep getting this stuff, and you're never happy because it can't quench your thirst. See, see, it's all the things that the world gives you is saying, hey, this is my bribe to replace that thirst that you have for what's in the heaven realm, right? And so every time you get it, it's, it's, it, it has this the front-end excitement but it has this, the back end disappointment. I was talking to uh, the, the youth pastor at, at, at uh, Calvary at the gym uh, about an hour ago. And uh, he was like, he said, man, that's just it, man. He said, like, he said, he said, I was reading something that was saying, like, the world system gives you the, the uh, he, well, he said he was reading a passage on, they saved the good thing, the good wine or whatever for last. And the, the author was saying, well, the world on the front end gives you stuff that's good on the front end. But then on the back end, they snatch everything away from you. So they, so they set you up where you feel, where they created a thirst that on the back end, you're not going to be able to satisfy. But what God does is he gives you the best and it just keeps getting better. So, so every time on the back end, it just gets better and better. Because again, as we were talking about on Sunday, he's preparing you to, I mean, heaven ain't the time to be like, remember I said when we talked about getting rid of the uh, too good to be true syndrome. So we can max out on earth and we still won't be able to handle what's in, we still won't uh, be able to grasp all that God has us for in heaven. But the thing is, it starts here. Remember we talked about the scripture in, in, on Sunday in uh, uh, Mark chapter 11, it says, now in this time and the time to come. Now in this time doesn't compare to the time to come, but now in this time, what's your whistle? Gives you a taste. But some of us ain't even getting what we're supposed to get in this time because we've been tempted with the worldly stuff. All right, so, so this is going to make some sense here. Uh, we're going to go to Romans 8. Romans 8. Some of these scriptures we've heard before. Now, Romans 8 is one of my chapters I read. Uh, I love Romans 8. All right, so Romans, you know, Romans, yeah, Romans, uh, it opens up with there's no condemnation done in Christ Jesus. Then it gets into data after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh, but data after the spirit, the things of the spirit will be carnally mind is death, be spiritually mind is life and peace. As you start to get into Romans, it goes through Romans 5 all the way to Romans 8, right? Uh, you know, so he's setting his pace of, how, of the carnal mind, fleshly mind, and the spirit mind. Basically, the carnal mind that minds the things of the earth. That was the mind set after sin with Adam and Eve. But the spiritual mind is mindful of the things of heaven. Right? Just, just locked in. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Right? So he breaks that down. And, and so he walks us through all that. Then he starts to get, you know, he's a data led by the spirit of the sons of God. Right? In verse 11. But you get down here to verse 18. He's this is one of the scriptures we learned through, I think, uh, it was survival kit is what, what we gave, gave you. Verse 18, it says, now, now keep, keep in mind. All right, so, so, so I, I want to give a good backdrop here before we get into 18. 
in Romans 6, it talks about mortifying your body, your natural body that keeps getting in the way and keeps looking at all the temptations. It says mortifying your body. It says put off the old man and his deeds. Then when you get into Romans 7, Paul talked about the struggle with that. He said, hey, the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things that I, I'm not supposed to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7, 14, going down to 23, he says, thanks be to God, I got Christ in my life who's put the Holy Spirit in me, who's guiding me and leading me. That's Romans 7. Then he, then he crosses over to Romans 8, 1 and says, there's no condemnation of them that are inside Christ Jesus, submerged in Christ. Right? That's Romans 8.1. Then he starts talking about the carnal man and the fleshly, uh, the spirit man and the carnal man. Being carnal minded, carnal focus. Carnal minded is counseled by your flesh. That's what carnal minded is. Your flesh is guiding and leading you. Versus spiritual minded, I'm counseled by the spirit. Your soul is neutral. Your soul is neutral. Your soul can be influenced by the flesh or influenced by the spirit. But we know, Matthew 26, 41, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Walk in the spirit, and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You feed that flesh, it's going to counsel your mind. You're going to make decisions based on how you feel. You're going to make decisions based on worst case scenarios. You're going to make decisions based on bumping and grinding, based on lust, not the things that God wants you to make decisions on. That's not because you're tripping. That's anybody, in the, in, anybody in the building here, right? Yeah, what you feed the most will be the strongest, right? Now we get to Romans 8, 18. Whew. A little workout here, right? All right, so, well, no, let's just read uh, 17 because that's, that's the second scripture that rolls with the, the vision of the church. It says, uh, it, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may be glorified together. I just thought I'd read that because, you know, Rose the Church. Look, verse 18, it says, For I recognize the sufferings of this present time. This present time in this earth realm. The sufferings, the restrained retaliations, the things that we're allowing. Mm, that connects to something I heard today. I'll share that in a minute, I believe. Uh, sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So that's a heaven, on, heaven and earth scripture. Sufferings of this present time, earthly, Shall, shall not be worthy to be compared to glory, shall be revealed in us heavenly. And remember, we just read over in 2 Corinthians how, oh, we got a taste of heaven, but it doesn't compare to where we're going. But our fleshly bodies in this present time are groaning because it's desiring to be there. Now, verse 19 talks about this. It says, for the earnest expectation. That means we're expecting something. The earnest expectation of the creature, that would be us, waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. So this. We're sitting there waiting for to evolve into ultimately what we were designed to be, right? In verse 20, it says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, born in sin and shaped in iniquity, subject to vanity, selfishness, focus on yourself, not willingly, by, but by reason of him has, who has subjected the same hope. The adversary tempted people to get focused on themselves. Eve, look, it's good for food. It's pleasant for the eyes. It'll make one wise. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life, right? Tempted to have her, to feed herself and cover herself. Then Adam started to feed himself and cover himself. We just talked about that, right? Tempted to vanity. It's only me taking care of me, doing me, 
to be me, right? That's, that's, that's vanity. As opposed to I decrease so he can increase, that's godly, right? All right, so, so it says uh, subject under vanity, right? I, I read that, right? Verse 21, it says, but the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. See, that, that, that's bondage. All, the more we feed ourselves and cover ourselves with the things of the world, it corrupts us. Look, that's why we're, I'm 57 years of age, or you're 14 years of age. When you start to consume yourself in the world, the world is dying, right? The only, the only way you supersede the, the, the world's, what the world is doing to you is to be in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, right? All right, so it says uh, here, wow, Holy Spirit, I got you, I got you, I see you. All right, so it says, look, it says, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So we talked about, see, again, a child of God operates in a, another level of liberty because he's not bound by the limits of this world. See, that per first person that ran that four-minute mile wasn't bound by the limits of only people in this world have, at that time that ran a six-minute mile. See, see there's, there is no limit when, man, you know, you know people that's 110 pounds have lifted cars. There was in a situation where it was, uh, was life-threatening and the car was on top of somebody. And they lifted the car. This I'm not. This is not. I'm not making this up. They lifted the car, 110 pounds. Some of these people had never lifted 150 pounds in their life. But what happens? They tapped into something. The adrenaline started kicking in. Look, look. They lost themselves. The emergency had them clouded from their limits. And it, they tapped into what's already in them: unlimited ability. Unlimited ability. It's already in you. They say we only use 10% of our brain. It's already in you. So you place your limits on yourself. Uh, 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 I, I, I used to follow this person all the time. I remember Bruce Lee uh, got injured and he couldn't walk. They, say, they said he wasn't going to walk again. And so he, 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 he believed he was. He believed he could walk. Then he said, I want to see what my body can do. And the thing is, you watch him on movies. You, you need to see him in real, uh, well, you can't see him in real life now, he's gone. But, but, but if, you, if you watch, he was a little guy. He wasn't a big guy. He was, he was smaller than you are. He was a little guy. He was powerful, though, because he didn't see he had limits. And they would send people to him three, four times the size, huge, lift all types of weights and stuff like that. One punch, you take them out. I was watching one movie where the guy was breaking boards and all types of stuff, and he just looked at him. He let him break. So that's how he intimidated all the other people. You know, he, he breaking boards, stuff like that. And he looked at him and said, Boy, yeah, boards don't hit back, man. I'm about to drop you. <laughs> all right, so, 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 okay, so. Everybody saw the movie, so I, I, I. All right, so let's see, uh, uh, where, do we, where was we at? Okay, so uh, we read 21, 22. For we know that the whole creation, so everything God created, groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So we all are grown. We all are thirsty for more. We all know that there's more that we can do 
that we haven't done. And we all know that the highest level we've achieved, it seems like it's not enough. We all have left the court, the field, the job, the position, and saying, I could have did more, could have had more, could have been more. You ain't by yourself. It just says we all groaning and travailing. We just know there's more. There's got to be more. I know there's more. There's something missing. I know there's more, right? It says uh, in verse 23, it says, and now only they, not only they, but but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grow within ourselves. So I'm saying, we actually are in the kingdom with the Holy Spirit. We grow within ourselves. It says, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body, for we are saved by, for we are saved by hope, expectation, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why did he get hope for? So, so what he's saying is like, we, we're believing for more than we see. Because if we see it, why would we even have any other expectations? Obviously, there's something beyond what we've seen. It says, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So it's saying if, if we lock in on the heaven realm, which we see not in the earth realm, we're going we're gonna to be expecting it. How do you operate when you see what you can't see? I heard uh, my wife said this at uh, a dinner with a couple yesterday. Uh, she said this at the church before. She says, how does the free you, what does the free you look like? I'm asking you, what does the seeing you look like? Like when you see outside of all that you've seen and you tapped into the heaven realm, you got your faith lenses on, right? You see heaven on earth, like you live heaven on earth, heaven on earth. Now how does that person operate? D that person couldn't possibly be depressed. Because they always see that there's more coming. The person is not worried if they fall down because they know God can resurrect them from there. The person is not worried about any level of opposition because they're going, all things are possible. Uh-oh. I did a Kelly's on this one, huh? <laughs> right? So, he, so, so we know that. But if, we're, but if we can't see in the heaven realm, now how we operate. Based on the circumstances. We're operating like Adam and Eve. We're trying to cover ourselves. We're trying to feed ourselves. We're desperate. We're hustling. We're trying to keep up. We're trying to prove ourselves. Like We're trying to fix all the flaws because all we see is the flaws. We'll see, when you focus on God, you ain't looking at flaws. Right? All right, all right, so, so. Now, let's read this out of the message. Let's remix it out of the message. It says... It says, that's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present, the present hard times and the coming good times. It says, the created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. It says, everything in creation is being more or less held back. Like, in other words, it's not on full blast yet. It said, God reigns it in until both creation and all his creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into glorious times ahead. Uh, so, look, so it's saying is God is holding back all he has until all that all those that he created is ready at the same time. So that means he's trying to get us lined up with what he has planned because if God releases all that he has and we're not ready, we wouldn't be able to handle it. It'll crush us. Right? It says, meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. <laughs> it says, all around us, we observe the pregnant creation. 
It says the difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pains. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The spirit of God is arousing us within. We also are feeling birth pains. These sterile, barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what's, what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. See, see, it's saying this. It's, yes, you're feeling, ah, I know it's more. Yes, uh, but it shouldn't crush you. The pregnant mother ain't crushed. She's just expecting a birth. See, the Bible says in Isaiah 37, it says, see, the children have, have, have come to birth. They're at the, per, the point of birthing, Isaiah 37, 3. It says, but they haven't had the strength to bring forth. See, see but you got to, you know, so, so I was at the gym. So I, I was at the gym lifting, preparing my, my, my muscles to handle certain weight. So, so it can deal with other, uh, other levels of resistance. It can navigate through, through different situations. Right, so God, so the, the weight that you're dealing with now is just preparing you to handle what's coming. To handle certain levels of resistance. Why are you tripping that you're being prepared to handle more than you've been able to handle up to this point? See, it's, 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 you know, I, I, I do a uh, core some core stuff. I do jump boxes, different things like that. Well, I was watching Lou. Lou was doing the jumping the hurdles and the jumping the boxes. But the whole point is, it's, it, it develops resistance. Like, you, you, you'll be surprised. Uh, it's, a, it's a drill we used to do. I can't, I'm not going to do it now. But, uh, and I used to do this before every game, so I'd run as fast as I can, and I would leap in the air, but leap in the air and just glide in the air. Um, but it, it just helped my explosion. It helped my explosion going to the goal. I would leap in the air and just drop the ball over the top of people, right? So, so, so what happens is your your resistance now is assisting you in leaping beyond some of the circumstances that's coming at you. But I, but I noticed this that people don't lift weights or don't 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 do push-ups, don't do nothing. Put any weight in front of them. It's like excruciating. Yeah, for example, we went to a gym. We went to, you, you shouldn't have laughed. We went to the gym. We went, uh, we went with, uh, I think it's downtown Y. So uh, one of y'all sisters is sitting in here right now. Oh, my gosh. She was making all types of noise. And, I think this is too much. It wasn't even that much weight. I think it's too much. You sure? I'm, 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 not, I'm not starting too hard. But what it was is she wasn't used to using those muscles. And see, so things are coming at us in the earth realm. But see, if we've tapped into the heaven realm, we'll actually have the strength to navigate through it as if it doesn't even exist. Right? And so this is the thing. We're, 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 we're being set up here. We're being set up as we, we keep going to these different levels. We're being set up to, to live a life of heaven on earth and to, to lock in on some things. And then we're actually getting an understanding. We was having a, a conversation with some people yesterday. And, and it was like, okay, I have this success. I have these successes. I'm trying not to get into next week. But I have these successes and these successes. Why do I feel like there's still something missing? 
See, see, because there, there, there's a heavenly peace in you that's only going to be satisfied when you're living that heavenly life. It's not going to be it's not going to be satisfied with just the successes of everybody else. But the, the devil, similar to what he did with even the garden, is trying to tempt you into his bribe of, hey, if you do this, everybody will. Oh, you're going to have all props. Everybody do this. Why do you have people with millions of dollars losing their mind? They'll be making up stuff now. Like, like, like you know, I, I, I just watch sports stuff, I don't, you know. But I, they just be making up stuff. And everybody's wondering, what's wrong with this person? They ain't satisfied. That's what. And see, they've maxed out on the worldly stuff. But they were told, when I got here, I would be satisfied. And, and they, 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 been, they feel like they've been duped. Like, but I got all this stuff. I'm supposed to be like the happiest person on the earth. What? Now, and then now they stuck because they don't know what's missing. But I know what's missing. <laughs> I know what's missing. See, see, it's a setup. You can get all the promotions, right? And, and sacrifice everything else in your life. And get to the promotions and realize you need all the things you sacrificed. <laughs> it's a setup. It's a, it's, it's, it's a juke move. See, see, the thing is, I've been played, so I'm not putting nobody down. I've been played. But see, we all can be played because the adversary at times is a master of illusion, and he uses people that are master of illusion. So when you, when, when you tricked and you played, that's the illusion. The illusion is you're playing yourself. <laughs> you're tricking yourself. It says it's okay. I, 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 I ain't know. But it's not okay that you're fighting and defending the dumbness that you're doing. That ain't okay. It's, it's okay that ah, they got me. They got me. They got me. You got me. That, I, I, I'm like that in my life now. I'll be like, you know what? You got they, Babe, they got me. There's some, some situations. Could be business. Could be like, hey, they got me on that one. They show, okay. I knew better. Uh, we was out. And uh, I just forgot to look in the truck. We had to move some stuff. I forgot to look in the truck. So they gave me the wrong stuff. But I wasn't cussing or nothing like that. Actually, you know, I, I, you know, I, I talked to him. And the guy yesterday, he said, man, you got to look in the truck. Rui's leaving. The guy, he said, man, you got to look in the truck. You're paying for stuff. He said, let me tell you something. He said, one, you paid for a dolly that you didn't get. He said, guess what? You paid for blankets that you didn't get. You paid for 12. You only got six. I ain't even paid that no mind. He said, you got to look in the truck. Well, guess what? They played me. But suppose I go, yeah, I know. I wish I'd have knew that. All right. But listen, but let's say if I found that out and I go, oh, no, see, they didn't play me. I really, you know, I really wanted, no, they played me. Right? So it's okay. I mean, we're going to get played in life. Right? But when you start defending the illusion, because some of us being played right now. <laughs> See, there's going to be a little thirst in our life. But if you're starving, <laughs> you're, on, you're on the wrong train. All right, so let's go to Acts 7. Because we got to get things in perspective, man. We want to live the, the heaven on earth life, man. 
the only thing that's going to quench that thirst, right? So, so Acts seven twenty two it says, uh, and we read this last week, and we said Moses didn't want to. He cared less about the, what Pharaoh was giving him, the pleasures of sin for a season. He he wanted all God had for him. But look another another way of looking at this. Uh, Acts seven twenty two it says Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deed. Right. It says, and when he was uh, full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Right? Uh, you can keep on reading through there. But look, it says he was, look, oh, this is great. It says he was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in words and deeds. What I can add to there, he was paid. He was, a, he was a key guy. He was paid. He left that to go visit his brethren. Or what we said in Hebrews 11, like the pleasures of sin for a season, he was just like, man, forget this, something missing. Think about it. some of us, if you really, you gotta, I mean, I don't know if y'all saw the movies and stuff like that. If you think about it, he had all the intellect. He was a part of the tradition. He was rolling an experience of wealth and all types of stuff. So he had all the, th all the stuff everybody would want. He was still thirsty, though. He was still thirsty. And so he was, he, he was pulled on, I need to visit my brother. Now, think about it. For a while, I guarantee you, he didn't want to be exposed. He didn't want nobody to know I'm with them. <laughs> but he was pulled. He was called. And at the time he was called, he had to consider giving up all his status, all his intellect, all his degrees, all, all this stuff. But he realized this stuff can't quench me. So he actually abandoned all that he worked for to find out what God had for him. Because I, I, I think through this, and I know some people may notice and may not, but I, I really have worked very hard uh, after making some mistakes to be in position to play professional basketball. And I, I, was, I was, had so many different accesses. And, you know, I finally joined this team with Brooklyn, who was playing in the Summer Pro League. And, but now I'm, I'm, I'm being pulled to God at the same time. So I stopped smoking, drinking, hanging out, having sex, cut out all that. And so, so I could see clearer. So obviously I was playing better. <laughs> you know, I was, I was more consistent, you know. Uh, before I start seeing better, I could have 40 one day and have four the next. But once I start seeing, I was just consistent. I was consistent. And, 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 and I'm saying this for perspective, not to vote. But I actually was getting to a place where I could not be stopped. Like I used to, I used to try to, like I couldn't brag, but I was like trying to find somebody I was cool with to go, no, no, like for real, like nobody's stopping me. And I'm, I'm not making this up. This is exactly, I was trying to have the conversation. But even if you tell a person, like, they're not there, you know, so they don't, like, okay, I get your point. I seen you play. Okay, what's your point? I, but I'm trying to, like, it was like a, like an out-of-body experience for me. I was like, no, no, really, like, nobody's stopping me, like, at all. No, 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 because I felt like it wasn't worth anything if I didn't tell somebody, you know, like, what's the whole point? Of, but, but the interesting thing is I still was thirsty. And so God's pulling on me 
and I'm doing my was what I thought was supposed to be my thing, and I left to come to Ohio to go to Ohio, the first game of my second season in the summer pro league. After the game, you only play for the summer. You play uh, two games a weekend for the whole summer. Why not finish? Like the thirst was so strong and God's call was so loud, everything in me is like I have to leave now. Honestly, I, I want to say, yeah, you know, uh, I had a choice to play in this league and I just chose God. I did chose, choose God, but honestly, I can't recollect if I was even thinking about the reality that I'm leaving the first game. I, it wasn't like, okay, should I stay for the rest of the summer? rest of the summer didn't even come up in my head. That's how strong that pull was. You got to leave and you got to leave now. Because the guy said, I, literally, I, I'm, I'm only telling you, I, I don't know, it was 60, 70, I don't know. I probably the best game of my life that day. And I was like, okay, coach, man, I appreciate for the opportunity, uh, but I'm, I'm going to Ohio. He said, when? I said, like right now. There's my sister right there. He's like, now? Why? Almost like, do you realize what just took place? What I'm trying to tell you is that thirst was, see, I'm looking for a thirst, but I don't know what it, I, I don't know, I wasn't mature enough. I had no man, man of God around me to tell me. I didn't know what it was. I just knew I needed to follow it. And some of us are trying to shut down that, that thirst. We're trying to pretend it's not there. <laughs> it's the answer to everything. It's going to clear it all up. It's going to start the momentum. You're going to have to go through things. But you're going to, listen, going through things on your way to the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to you. On the way to the glory that God shall reveal in you? Oh, just bring it. But suffering just to be suffering? Listen, I used to be suffering just to be suffering. Like honorable, not even honorable mention. It was like a life of suffering. But I wasn't on the way to no glory. I was just suffering just because I was an idiot. I'm, I'm talking about me. <laughs> right? So, so, so Moses recognized this and he had a thirst. And I, I, we're going to end with this scripture. We talked about it the other day. But I want to bring it in here to this heaven and earth. We're going to get into next. But the next time I teach this, we'll get into um, the... Uh, there you go. There you go. It's a family of them. All right. So uh, uh, we're going to get into the, uh, you know, how heaven and earth relates to the kingdom. And, 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 and how we can really maximize ourselves in this earth realm. All right. So 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. All right. So 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, verses 4 and 5. It says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's, man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And that's pretty much what Moses was doing. Like he realized he couldn't maintain his faith, his sight on God, with the wisdom of men, all the wisdom that he had obtained uh, uh, with Pharaoh. See, earthly nourishment is not designed to sustain us. I'm sorry, earthly, earthly nourishment is designed to
to sustain us, but not designed to quench us. Earthly nourishment is designed to sustain us, but not quench us. And I'm not just talking about like food. I'm talking about, you know, your wisdom, your knowledge and things like that. You know, it, it helps us to navigate. But what quenches us is the manna from heaven, a revelation from heaven. You know, just like you learn um, colors and syllables and, and, and different things and how to count. It helps you to navigate in the earth realm. You think about you are a heavenly child. Look at the children when they're really young and they're talking. They're speaking in a heavenly language. We train them to speak an earthly language. We train them to navigate. And, and, and this is why I, I, I'm so amazed how people go, yeah, speaking in unknown tongues, I just think that's spooky. Uh, but, but you see it all the time in children. They're holding conversation. And then it's in an unknown tongue. And they just came from heaven. How, they, they don't come in this earth realm talking English. Or any other language for that matter. They come in talking a heavenly language. We train them an earthly way. And when they, they start out, just like you start out when you first start speaking in tongues, you be that, uh, whatever, you, 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 you're rattling off stuff. But what happens when a person is speaking in English? I, 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 I didn't research it, but it was sent to our house for some reason. I, I don't know why. Maybe because you just believe in for a baby or something. But it was like, it was uh it was breaking down what happens with children. It says first you know first they learn syllables, then they learn words, then they learn sentence. But it says when they're babies they'll they'll be babbling. It says they'll babbling sentences after a while. So it was showing the progression of how they actually learn how to comprehend English. Was well, the same progression in how to comprehend speaking in the, in, in the spiritual language. The difference is you're returning to a spiritual language. When you taught English, earthly language, you're not returning to anything. It's all new. People still struggling how to speak English. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? So, so it's, 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 it's that heavenly, that, 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 that heaven and earth realm thing. So you learn these syllables and everything, how to navigate in the earth realm. The word is what helps us to navigate in the spirit realm. Right? So, so as we start, as you start deepening in the word, and this is, the, this, is, this is the thing. This is the thing. You probably don't realize this. You're fed how to operate in the earth realm by default. You don't have to do nothing. And it's fed to you all the time. TV, radio, every situation, you're constantly at work. You have to do something to feed your, 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 your spirit, man, or, or even to feed the lenses or to clear your lenses to even see in the spirit realm. The Bible says the entrance of the word bringeth light and gives understanding to the simple. Psalm 119, 130. So the more, more words you get, the more it clears up your ability to see. That's why some people are in a stupor because they, they soak up the world more than the word. So it's kind of hard for them to process now. You know, they're easily confused or overwhelmed because they don't have enough word. That helps you. See, again, when I'm looking from the spirit realm, it's not hieroglyphics to me. I was watching, uh, I was watching something where the person had this dyslexia and it was like everything was all over the place. And they were trying to bring the words in. Yeah, that's what it was. He was trying to bring the words in to see. When you're in the spirit realm, there's a different level of wisdom. Now, we went over this a long time ago, you know, the different uh, idiots, morons, and and infinite wisdom and different levels of wisdom and how, you know, when you get to God's level, that's, that's, that's that infinite 
wisdom level, but there's smart, there's super intelligence, there's intelligence, there's all these different levels. And, and you have to realize when you're in the presence of God, the scripture says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You start to see at a whole nother realm and a whole nother level. So God's trying to uh, get us to what we've been thirsting for. He's trying to get us to what we've been thirsting for. And you're not tripping because you're thirsty, but you are tripping if you're not doing what it takes to quench the thirst. All right, so that's all for today. Uh, let's start.